Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is a son of Bishop Daguid Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Makaras Church Teshi in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Dag Heward Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. Thank you for bringing us to this very important occasion this Sunday morning when we commission into your ministry new laborers. We ask for the presence and the help and the anointing of the Holy Ghost to be with us as we conduct this solemn ceremony. We ask for your presence to also envelop us and for us to have a tangible encounter with you. We thank you that these shepherds, newly appointed shepherds, will never be the same again. We ask for your glory. We ask for your glory to come and rest upon them. Stir up their hearts to love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, um, we've entered into a season of thankfulness. Hallelujah. A season of thankfulness. Last year, at this time, we entered into a season of service. But this year, we're entering into a season of thankfulness because when you meet somebody who is not thankful, you will regret you met the person. Um, we could have said a season of gratitude, but the reason why I preferred it to be a season of thankfulness is because it speaks of two words that are joined together, that you are full of thanks. Full of thanks for what? Full of thanks for everything and for anything. The Bible says, in all things, give thanks. You see, and if it is true, and if we believe, that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts, then it means that it is very, very, very likely that the things that we do not want are therefore the things that he wants for us. And the things that we will have not chosen for ourselves are the things that is likely that he has chosen for us. I'll give you an example. See, when you get married for the first time, you really don't know what it is you are doing or you are choosing. You know, and you don't even know what you are getting yourself into when you get married for the first time. Because you probably have just seen your parents or your friends marrying, and they sit in their car, they go and come, and you think that is marriage, and it's like, I'm also going to get married. That's great. Number two, you don't even know the person you are getting married to. You may think you do, but one pastor was uh, driving with his wife, and he told his wife something to do, something that was nothing. Then the wife said she won't do it. 
She said, you don't do it. Then the guy was quiet. Then he remembered how when he got into a relationship with this girl, the girl's family were so happy that he had come into their family because they said this girl, their daughter, their sister, was extremely disobedient to everybody. But she seemed to be obedient to this new boy who has come. So there were even times when, when the girl's mother wanted her to do something, she would call the girl's beloved and tell the girl's beloved to, add, to tell her daughter to do this. And the girl would happily do it. No resistance. But after some few years, few, I think two or three years, the guy was saying, something small, she said, I don't do it. So the guy remembered his heydays. Say, heydays. He remembered his heydays and then told his beloved that, hey, you, when we got into a relationship, you used to do everything I want. Then the wife replied, yes, but now I've grown wings. Aha. You know, so you may not even know what you are doing the first time you, you are married. But when you now have to marry a second time, you see that your eyes are very wide open. And that's why it is good for you to marry young when you are not very wise. Because when you are very wise, there are so many decisions you won't take because you clearly see the risks involved. That is the same reason why when we come to appoint shepherds who we are hoping will one day become pastors, who we are hoping one day will become reverend ministers, who we are hoping one day will become bishops, who we are hoping one day will become lay presidents. The truth is, we don't know who we are appointing. We are only believing God that we are appointing the right people. Because just as Jesus uh, prayed all night, and then he came down in the morning and chose 12 disciples uh, who would be with him, I've also been praying through the night. Maybe not the whole night, but a large portion of the night. You know, just praying in tongues in my study. But if Jesus, uh, who was God, after praying all night, he had one Judas among the 12. That's why I'm not appointing 12. I'm trying so that my rate of success may be better than Jesus' own. <laughs> One over twelve, the percentage. I mean, there, if I have four, maybe the other eight, the Judas may have been in the other eight. I have not appointed, so I'm trying to reduce my chances of having a Judas. But I'm trying to say that, my dear brothers and sisters, it is up to you, unfortunately, to determine how well you will do. It's not up to God. God said. It repented me that I have made Saul king. So you should be careful about appointment because after you are appointed, then it is now time for you to prove yourself. So I pray for all of you. And really, I, I, I appoint you with all my heart in the hope that you will be one of the best, you will all be some of the best decisions I ever took. As we enter into a season of thankfulness, it is also an opportunity for you to say thank you to God with your life for what he has done for you. 
full of thanks. You see, there are two countries I've lived in in the world. One of the richest countries in the world, the United States of America, and one of the poorest countries in the world, Bangladesh. I've seen the two extremes. Do you know that last weekend in America was what they call Thanksgiving uh, weekend? Where they give a public holiday for saying thank you. And they have a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. It's like thank you is an important part of their culture. It's one of the richest countries. Maybe it's the richest country in the world. Or maybe I think the richest country in the world. But they are so big that they have some poor people there. Because if you take countries like Sweden and Norway, which, have, which are small, with a lot of money, they seem to be very social. I mean, they'll pay your this for you when you go to a prison, you can earn university degree, all kinds of things. They have a culture of saying thank you. You will see that when they even win presidential elections, election, they thank you like they speak to thank man, campaign manager, thank this person. They always say thank you. They are very blessed and prosperous. I was surprised when I went to Bangladesh and I found out that they don't have a culture of saying thank you. And in the Bangla language, there is no word for thank you. In their language, there is no word for thank you. I didn't know. But I remember, I remember I raised somebody to buy phones when I was in Bangladesh. Raised money, we bought phones for the church members. Not one said thank you. I was so, and I was offended. Because you don't know what I did to get you these phones. And it's because when I want to call you to come to church, there's no number to call you on. And I want you to come to church. So I bought you phones. When I gave them the phones, eh, they'll just look at the phone like this. Finish. I said, hey, you, you people, where I'm coming from far away. People need phones. Oh. I bought you phones, put them in my bag, traveled on a plane, come to give it to you, and you just look at it. That's it. But later on, I found out that they don't have a word for saying thank you. And there's some American missionaries who had come and had written notes on Bangladesh for other missionaries to learn. One of the things they write is that they don't have a culture of saying thank you and there's no word for thank you in their language. It's one of the poorest countries on earth. So that alone should teach you that thankfulness has a way of bringing you a blessing and good things. Amen. And the greatest thanks you can give is with your life. So today I want to share with you to the new incoming shepherds and to the rest of us about saying thank you to God with our lives. We'll read a long passage of scripture and then we'll pray for them, commission them, and then go home. Amen. We have a special season of thankfulness this Christmas. Amen. Can you project it? Next week, Sunday, 4th December, is thanks, is thanks and 
Testimony Sunday. Yes. Thanks and Testimony Sunday. You know, I would have just said Thanksgiving Sunday, but I realized that when it was Sintisha's birthday and she shared her testimony, to my shock, people cried. I was surprised that people cried because I didn't cry. But many people came to say afterwards that they began to weep as she was saying it. You see, so it struck me that testimonies have a way of drawing you towards God and making you thankful. You see, and when somebody shares their testimony, then you see that, ah, you also have a similar testimony, but you are not showing as much gratitude to God as that person seems to be showing. So when somebody shares their testimony, is that a way of making you more grateful to God? So that's why I said it should be thanks and testimonies. So next week Sunday when we come to church, you bring your thanksgiving offering. Now, if, if you feel that God has done something for you, we're thanking him for. Especially this year. Amen. So you bring your thanksgiving offering. And if you have a testimony to share, everybody who wants to share, who feel that God has done something for you, maybe um, you wanted to die, but you are living. Uh-huh, something like that. And you are surprised to be alive and you can see that mm, it was better for you that you didn't die because some good things have happened. Even though by March you are considering suicide. So you can come and say thank you to God that I'm still alive. Or this year maybe you bought a car that you didn't plan to buy. Say, wow, God, look, many people will live and die without buying cars. Oh. You moved into your own house, or you moved into a better accommodation, or you even passed your exams, or something. But I've seen that there's always something to thank God for if you will put your mind to it. Like the song said, Count your blessings, name them one by one. You see, and I share this testimony of America and Bangladesh to draw your mind to the fact that it seems like people who say thank you. They seem to be more blessed than those who don't say thank you. Amen. Amen. So for December, next week Sunday is Thanks and Tithing Sunday. Amen. Amen. Then from, ah, it was supposed to be first week in December, the anti-British. It is 6th, 7th, and 8th December. But everything is in December. 6th, 7th, and 8th December is we are fasting and praying to thank God for the year and to thank him for the end of the year. Oh, clap. Oh, because you will eat. That's why. Some of you, eh, you should take advantage of this fasting and prayer to lose some two kilos before Christmas. Aha. Amen. So we are fasting and praying to thank God for the um, what do you call it? Or maybe let's do it this week then since you've decided on the date. Should we do it this week or next week? Let's, let's vote. This is a democratic. How many of you want this week? One, two, three, four, five. How many want next week? Oh, I mean People want to eat the food they've cooked for this week before next week starts. So next week, 4th, 5th, 6th December. Eh, no, 
6th, 7th, 8th December. We are fasting and praying to say thank you to God. And then um, for the rest of the year. Then the next program will be the carols, the nine lessons and carols. On the 20th of December. As usual, it's a black tie event. As in, we are coming to honor God with our classy dressing. So you wear black, 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 like you're an undertaker. Uh-huh. Black is the most formal color, so then you wear black and then you come there, choir will sing everything. Nice, beautiful. Then, 25th December is Christmas Day. That one, we are coming to honor Jesus. Then, after that, two days after, it's a long weekend. Got 25th December is a Sunday, so Tuesday 27th will be a public holiday. And on that Tuesday, we are having a Christmas costume party. Amen. Christmas costume party. That means that you dress up in Christmas colors. That's red, green, yellow. Yes, then you can wear that Christmas hat with the stars with lights on it. Some people plan to dress as Santa Claus. Just that if you dress as Santa Claus, you must expect to give gifts because... Santa Claus gives gifts. Some of the ladies have said they are dressing as elks. Is it elks or elves or what? Elks. Elves. E-L-F-S. Elves. Those who have short skirts, they haven't worn in a long time. They want to take advantage of the costume party to um, dress as elves. So we'll be having that party on the car park. And it's a family fun day. Yes family fun day. So, just wear some red shirt and come green. Don't say you don't have clothes. Those on Facebook, there can be no Facebook version of a party. So, you should come live. So, we are inviting all our Facebook um, community that it's a um, Christmas costume party. There will be bouncy castles for the children. Oh, I thought you clapped. Look. And the and the adults who didn't jump on bouncy castles as children. I don't know if you want to go to heaven without ever having jumped on the bouncy castle. So I think we can get a trampoline too for adults. Amen. So there will be bouncy castles for adults and children. And there will be trampoline also for adults and children. And there will be candy floors that cut evil with the sugar in it. Candy, and there will be face painting. The adults also who didn't paint their faces when they were children. You have a I think we are all children of God, though. We are all children of God. So everything, and Jesus Christ said, unless you be converted and become a little children. So I think the adults who will be doing face painting also. Yes. And then trampoline. And bouncy castles. And then the adults also say they'll bring Xbox and PlayStation to be playing a soccer game and Ghana versus Portugal, all types of <laughs> whatever. Then there will also be Ludu. And then Ludu, all rules apply home kick, back kick, side kick, front kick. 
depending on your carriage, you can also make up the rules as you go along. And then they'll be all coming. It will be a family fun day. So bring your beloved, bring your wife, bring your children, invite your cousins. And the way the economy too is now, eh, it's a good opportunity to enjoy Christmas at very little cost. Amen. Before they uh, increase VAT to 2.5%, you enjoy for the last on the 27th of December. Oh, but don't mind the government. We will, we will prosper next year more than this year. Don't mind them at all. God has shown me that we will prosper greatly next year in the midst of the famine. So don't worry. Acts chapter 26. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Ten reasons why you should fulfill your call and be thankful to God. Then Agrippa said to Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before the touching all the things whereof I am accused of by the Jews. My dear brothers and sisters, the only way to serve God is with happiness. Deuteronomy chapter 28, he said, verse 40, he said, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness, with happiness, with exuberance, with cheerfulness, God loves a cheerful giver, not every giver. It is only cheerful giving that God accepts. It's only cheerful service. One day I went to a restaurant or a shop or something. The girl was serving me. Hey, like I had done something wrong by coming to a shop. Squeeze their face, something and chewing gum. So at the point, I said, Are you? Are you okay? Is, is there something wrong? Have, have I done something to you? Do you have a problem? Should I leave your shop? Like you are serving, oh, but it's not with cheerfulness. Some other shops, restaurants, you go there because of the attitude of the person there, you buy things you didn't intend to buy. Yes. The only service God requires and God accepts it's cheerfulness. So never come to church and serve God with grumbling. You ask yourself, objectively, what can you achieve that will be significant at your best? Let's even say you are a super pastor and you win one million souls. But there are eight billion people in the world. There's nothing we can do that is significant enough. Let's say you become a multi-millionaire and your tithe is one million dollars a month. There are just 10 cathedrals that are not completed. Just from the steel to the roof. There is not much you can do anyway. That's what the Bible says. It is just your cheerfulness and your happiness that God requires and accepts. Paul said, I am happy to answer to you. Let's look. When, when you are giving your tithe, give it happily. You shouldn't feel happy to come to church and do nothing. The service should be cheerful. The service should be with joy. I remember sometimes I asked some people who were dancing in church, and I told them that as you are dancing, smile. 
as you are dancing, smile. As you are dancing, don't just dance. Dance and smile as you dance. Can't you see in the movies when a girl is going to uh, chase a man, she smiles. <laughs> Hello. Oh, my darling. Imagine a girl coming to you today. Hey. How are you? Are you fine? We don't like such a girl. But the one who comes and say, Hello. By that you have forgotten your marital vows. <laughs> Happiness as we serve God is the key. Then he went on to say, Especially because I know thee to be an expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews, whereof I beseech thee to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among my own nation in Jerusalem, know all the Jews. Which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most traitorous sect of our religion, I lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand and I'm judged for the hope of the promise made of God our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes instantly serving God day and night. We serve God day and night. That's why we don't only come to church Sunday morning. We come Sunday morning, we are here Sunday afternoon, we are here Sunday night. That's how to serve God, day and night. What if God were only to answer prayers in the day? What if God were to answer prayers in the night? Steve, shift for mommy. Hey, mommy, please. Oh, mommy, your reserved places in front. We are happily serving you, mommy. Oh. Clap, clap, clap for mommy. We serve God day and night. All night prayers. Eight of lying in bed and saying, I can't sleep. I have insomnia. <laughs> Turn your insomnia into tongue speaking. Day and night. Say day and night. Why should it be thought a thing incredible to you that God should raise the dead? I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. With things I also did in Jerusalem and many of the saints did I shut up in prison having received authority from the chief priests and when they were put to death I gave my voice against them. I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. <sighs> Paul, it was bad though. But some of you two were bad. I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Whereupon as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven. At, see, at midday is when the sun is brightest. In the midst of the brightness, there was a light that was brighter than the sun. Shining round about me. And then we journeyed with me. And when we were all falling to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me. Next point. You cannot be a good shepherd if you cannot hear the voice of God. You will not be a good shepherd. 
if you cannot hear the voice of God, you cannot. Recently, I was looking at a group of pastors. If I, I, let me speak the truth. Recently, God woke me up in the night. I was about to, my head was about to touch the pillow. Then he showed me a group of pastors. Then he told me, have you seen that this one often says, and God spoke to me, and God spoke to me, and God spoke to me, and God spoke to me. <laughs> or God showed me, or I heard the voice of God. And these other ones have never said God spoke to me. I heard the voice of God. Then the Lord spoke to me. This one is different from the others. Yes. I said, wow. Then I thought about it a bit more. Then I said, it's true. Your ability to hear the voice of God, develop it. It will be your greatest asset. When the Bible says that the anointed cannot be deceived, it's because the anointed hears the voice of God in the different ways that God speaks. Whether from the word of God, whether by the audible voice, whether from the letter, whether from revelation, whether from somebody speaking and then they discern his voice. You must develop the art of hearing the voice of God. Otherwise, you can't serve him well. Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, he said, If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of God, to hear and to obey all the things that he says, then he shall set you up on high above all nations of the earth. And to every one of us here, you are a businessman. The Bible says, I am the Lord that teaches you to profit and shows you. You are a businessman. God, God can show you how to do business. Your business, not church work. Your business. Read your Bible. God works with many businessmen. Abraham was a businessman. Isaac was a businessman. Jacob was a businessman. Those we call our patriarchs. All businessmen. None of them was a priest. None. Businessmen. Jacob wanted to prosper. God showed him what he said. Put a stick in front of the sheep. When you do that, they will, they will bring forth what they see. That's why in our country, Ghana, a prophet rose up and said, increase your toll booth charges. It will help your country to be very rich. Then he showed them, I was driving from Houston, Texas to the airport. There were 10 toll gates from where I was to the airport. One road. You cannot develop your country without toll gates. He told the vice president of Ghana, he told the president of Ghana, I'm not insulting the government. I'm just saying what is public. The next decision they took was to close down all toll gates. And then Ghana went straight into economic crisis. That we have not, they, they now tell us it will take three to six years. When you reject the voice of God, you get into crisis. So, I wish you the art of hearing. Nobody should come after me. We were all at, at Independence Square. <laughs> we were at Independence Square. When the prophet said, increase the toll gates. And we were there when the vice president, Dr. Mahamudu Bawimia, came to respond. It's a very good idea. Were you not there? We were, we were, we were all there. 
It's a good idea. We will do it. The, then the next thing we saw, some of the togas here, they even bought a bulldozer to come and raise it down. Country went straight into crisis. And instead of eating humble pie, huh? and saying that we've made a mistake, let's bring togas back. The same strength used to pass an unpopular law E levy. You can even increase, you can bring E levy down to 0.1. If we say we won't pay, we won't pay. Yes. We say we won't pay, we won't pay. And when we see how you can bring it from 1.5 to 1, we know that you can bring it from 1 to 0.5. And we know that if we put pressure on you, that you bring it down and we put pressure to remove it. Only bring their toll gates back, charge 10 cities a car. Nobody can cross except you move it up. Finish. You don't have to quarrel. You don't have to quarrel with anybody. Just bring the toll gates back. You are a government, you have power. Why go and struggle in parliament with people who don't like you? Some of us here. You are also in a crisis in your personal life. There's a very simple decision you have to make. But pride is online. So, you are ready to die than to say, I'm sorry. Ready to die than to say, look, I've made a mistake. You are ready to die. Say, look, you know something, eh? The bouncing I bounced you, I'm sorry that I bounced you. It was a mistake. Just say I was having my menses when I said no. So the pain, no, it didn't make me think well. I'm sorry for bouncing you. My answer has changed. Officially, my answer is yes. If you don't believe me, go and ask my pastor. I've already got to tell him that it's a mistake. Then the man will just look at you and say, okay, finish. 2023 December, you are married. Finish. A simple decision to make. Pride. When I look at Ghana, it shocks me. It shocks me. The prophet said, there is no country in the world. And many countries here, they also put a lot of money from um, Nova Speeding. Redagan. To the extent that they've developed technology that will warn the dialogue, there's a radar gun ahead, though, because the money they make. But in Ghana, eh, the radar gun, they share percentage. When they give you a policeman a radar gun, eh, you are meant to bring proceeds to the uh, commissioner. This one can get me into trouble. It, please, it, it, it is something I heard. I don't think it's true. It's somebody who told me, but I don't think it's true. I mean, the policemen in Ghana, they don't collect bribes and things. It is the ones in Ivory Coast. They are the ones who really like <laughs> Where are we? Ah, hearing the voice of God. You cannot, you cannot succeed. In, when I was in the university, I never, look, not from the university, from when I got born again, I never wrote an exam that God didn't show me the questions coming. He said, ask of me, I will show you great and mighty thing that you know not of. Including the exam questions, it's a great and mighty thing. 
He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll show you things to come. And the exam questions are things to come. It's only when I joined Light Out at the church exams, he doesn't show me the questions that are going to come. But the ones before I got but he was showing me. <laughs> I always answered the questions before I went to the exam room. But the church one, I think because he said the questions, he doesn't show me. God can help you pass your exams. No, no more failing exams by hearing and following the voice of God. Look, you may even be going to propose to a girl. The Lord will tell you, not tonight. Yeah, not tonight. Wait, I'll tell you when to propose. When I proposed to my wife, eh, 1st December 2001, around 6.45 in the evening, Labadi Pleasure Beach. The Lord told me when to propose because of a particular night I was going to propose and the Lord said, not tonight, not tonight. When I proposed, then she told me that she went to pray. Should she say yes? Should she say yes? Should she say, ah, but the person who told me to come and propose to you, you are going to ask him if you should say yes. She said she'll just go to the park to pray and she'll start to cry. Instead of saying yes, you are crying. And it was, I never told her to say yes. I only kept encouraging her. Oh, don't, don't, don't worry. If you say no, we, we will still be friends. Don't be under pressure to say yes. Don't, don't, yeah, don't feel that if you say yes, that you've done something bad because I was your chief elder. Be free to say no. We will still be friends to not change anything. Say no, say no, say no, say no, say no, say no. <laughs> You people who go and wash clothes so that the girl will say yes. I don't, I don't know what you are doing. You have turned yourself into a laundry because you want the girl to say yes. Hear and follow the voice of God. You will always get a yes answer. Hmm. Recently, God gave me a vision of somebody giving me money. Hey! Because of GRE, I'll mention the amount. But God showed me that I was in a meeting and somebody gave me money. Then God showed me the amount of money the person gave me. You won't believe it. I believe that at a certain point I asked myself that what you are doing is very dangerous. Because can you believe that based on the vision I had, I began to go and spend money. Based on the vision I had, though. <laughs> so at a point, the money was so coming. They said, hey, but what have you done? Like, the person hasn't said that you have had your vision of an amount of money somebody had bled and you and you began to spend the vision. But I tell you, about a month later, the vision came to pass exactly with the same amount of everything. Hear the voice of train yourself train yourself god will even show you who to marry when i look at my wife here and i look at myself i see that there's nobody else i can marry who the marriage will be still a marriage by this time the way i am god gave me the perfect one for me and also the perfect one for her you people, you like saying the man is blessed, the man is blessed. The woman too is blessed. Hmm. She too, who can make her happy apart from me? It's the same thing. 
Let's continue. He said, Ah, ah, verse 16. But arise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared unto you for this purpose to make thee a minister and a witness, both of those things which you have seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto you, delivering thee from the people, from the Gentiles, unto whom I now send you to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith, which is in Jesus Christ. Look, make no mistake. Your job is to turn people. Your job is to change people and to make them turn from their sins and to turn them unto God. Not to make them rich. Jesus said, the poor you will always have with you. Are you more powerful than Christ? Your job is to not make people rich. Your job is to make people turn from their sins and to make them come to God and serve God. But these days you go on the internet to see people really into money. One man said he's a money evangelist. Money evangelist. That his evangelism is money. That thing that God said you cannot serve God and money, that guy is saying that I am a man. A, I is he a reverend minister or, or an apostle or a bishop? And I've seen how all the money preachers, they all fall. All the money preachers, they fall. Either into sin or deviation from the gospel. With time. All the money preachers, they fall. Because money is a deception of Satan. The Bible says that the seduction of riches, the deception of riches, the trickery of riches, money deceives. Money is like a gun in the hand of a good person, very good. In the hand of, of an evil person, very bad. Imagine I came here that I'm a gun evangelist. I'm teaching you on the different types of guns, the speed with which they shoot, the number of rounds a minute. It's nonsense. A lot of the money preaching is not the gospel. Jesus said the poor you will always have with you. So does it mean that there are some instances where the gospel does not work? No. But the gospel always works where it is to turn people from their sins. Every sinner knows he's a sinner. We come to church these days, you how, how many pastors today say fornication is a sin? They thought their churches are full of fornicators. And they don't want to offend nobody. So God is now offended that we are not preaching his word. They say, look at what's happening in Qatar. Qatar is a great nation. Look, they are forcing them to say homosexuality is okay. They say, look, you know, now the new law is if you wear a rainbow band, they show you yellow card for promoting gay. Yellow card as a football player. You haven't said homosexuality. You are just wearing red, gold, green, orange, blue, red. Yellow card for wearing red, orange, blue, green, yellow. Oh, yes. You can never bring your homosexuality here. 
Alcohol, you can't drink it. Oh, cannot drink alcohol. Yes. Ooh, it's so beautiful. You see, that's what the Christians should be doing, though. But the Muslims have now taken over to show Christians how to behave. Ah, but if you go and wear an armband and they give you yellow card, then if you go for the case, what will they do? By the time you go to a country, you can't even fornicate again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Meanwhile, the other World Cups, Olympic Games, they said they ordered tens of millions of condoms ahead of the games. This one, no condom anywhere. Even if they give it to you, you use it. Yes. We have lost our way as a church because we have deviated from this job. Ten people from their sins. You tell somebody, you know, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. No matter who you are. I was shocked when I heard that after 2008 elections, Obama was against gay rights and homosexuality. Obama, I was shocked, I didn't know. So this is current gay evangelism he's doing. It's a recent thing for political correctness. I mean, look at the nice girl. You say you want a man. Are you even no- I mean, are you normal? Look at the nice girls. I was going to call somebody. I don't know who is on Facebook. Nice girls all around that. That God has created beautifully and wonderfully made that when we even see them, our mind is not working again. They say, love, uh, Father Samuel. A man has come. He say, love, Father Samuel. I mean, what are you doing? What is wrong with you? Even recently, eh? I was talking to her wife because I was, uh, she was dancing some kind of dances for her husband. So it was her birthday. So I said, oh, then tell your husband to also dance some of that dance. Then she burst out laughing. She said, look, there'll be nothing for him to shake. There'll be nothing for him to shake. Then I was thinking that, I mean, as a man, hey, President, what's wrong with you? I said, when, when, when as a man, yeah, they say when as a man there's so much to shake that you want something no, the, the, the imagery is not even working the imagery you have to be actually very strongly insane to say you prefer this like you have to try hard to convince yourself that this is also a good alternative or better. if you are sinning say I'm sinning don't say sin is nice or sin is good. See, I'm sinning. If you are fornicating, say, look, I wish I could stop, but I cannot stop. See, when you confess your weakness, then his grace will now come upon you to help you. But when you now say that I'm not in sin, the Bible says that because you say you have no sin, therefore your sin remains with you. Sin is sin. If you are committing adultery, you are committing adultery. It's sin. They say, oh God, please help me. If you are for the case, you say, oh, Father, I wish I could stop, oh. But the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Then you even continue. No, I say continue, but acknowledge it's a sin. But don't say sin is not sin. Because of offerings, people, pastors don't preach the gospel, turn away from your sins anymore because of offerings. But because I don't depend on your offering, I can say, your fornication eh, it will send you to hell. If you don't pay title, it doesn't matter to me. It won't change anything about my life. Maybe God will even be very happy and bless me even more. 
Stop fornicating. Stop stealing. Stop lying. Stop drinking. Stop. You see, and your sins, eh? The Bible says, what you do in secret, it will come out. And when it comes out, then you don't even know. Yeah, many don't, not, um, not, not that many. There are some of you here, I know your secret sins. But if I ask you to spoil my relationship with you, so I don't say it. So I look at you pretending to me that you are perfect. So me to pretend to you that I think you are perfect. Then we all walk along. Have you become quiet? You see why pastors don't preach about sins? Because <laughs> when they preach about sin, the whole church becomes quiet. Like, is it me that he knows my secret sin? Is it me? Is it mine? Am I the one that the revelation of secret sin has come? Look, if you know you have no secret sin, eh, just look straight ahead and smile. And everybody's laughing, you to laugh. So, no, so nobody will suspect that it is you. Uh-huh. And don't be angry with me that you sin. I also have to think of my own sins. You to think of your own sins. Next point. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Do not be disobedient. Look disobedience will take you down faster than anything else. And obedience will take you up faster than anything else. Your master key to breakthroughs is obedience. God told Abraham, because you have listened to me and obeyed me and not withheld your only son, Isaac, from me, so in blessing, I'll bless you. And in multiplying, I'll multiply you. Jesus said, he that obeys me, I will love him. I remember a certain wife who shared with me about two phases of her marriage. In the first phase, she was disobedient to her husband. Hey! He talk, I talk. Like, uh, Russia, Ukraine, peace talks. Zelensky versus Putin. He talk, I talk. He talk, I talk. I'll go and mine the ocean. Okay, you two, I'll steal your grain. <laughs> then she changed. But when she was disobedient, she gets what she asks for. Can I have a dress for Christmas? Oh, yes. Here's your dress. Thank you so much. I'm happy. Then she changed and became obedient and flowing. Now she asks for one dress, she gets three dresses. I can't choose between this and this. Have all. Obedience to God, eh? It's your master key to happiness in life. Job chapter 39, verse 11. He said, if they obey me, if they obey me, it's one of my sweetest scriptures. If they obey me and serve me, Huh? They, not me, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. This is how to be an old man without using Viagra. This is it. Years in pleasures. Days in prosperity means every day you'll be prosperous. But you'll be growing older. 
as your prosperous. So you need strength to continue having pleasure. Do you know what is pleasure? You are, you are looking at me. Look, the way you are looking at me, I don't like your, you, your faces. Your faces are quite judgmental. I sense the spirit of judgment. And like the priest is a bad man. What else is pleasure? Pleasure is pleasure. Okay, anyway, maybe you uh, pleasure is to pass your math exams. Have it. <coughs> yeah, this is the master key to a full life. If they obey me and serve me, if they obey me and serve me, they shall spend their days. He didn't say when the economy is good. Once they are alive, there will be prosperity. That's why I say, 2023, you will be shocked at the money you will get next year. Yeah. And there are years in pleasures. There will be nothing like the one pleasure and there's no pleasure. Hey. God is wild though. I was talking to a couple yesterday, a young couple. The girl is a bishop's daughter, and the guy is a, a reverend minister. So when I met her, the girl is my friend. For the little girl, when I joined the church, so I was chatting with her. So, hi, my, are you being a good wife? Yeah, they ask her husband, is she being a good wife? I said, oh yeah, but yeah, that sometimes, most of the time, but yeah, that sometimes. That's oh, what are the sometimes so that we solve the sometimes? sometimes she says she's feeling hot and so sometimes I said, oh, do you have an air condition in your room he said no I said okay I'll show you what to do this Christmas buy her an air condition as a Christmas present and then in the night turn the temperature to 17 <laughs> make the temperature 17 it will be very cold when it's very cold, she'll come to you to hold her so that she'll be warm. And then uh, you'll spend your years in pleasures. <laughs> That's all I want to say. But the man said, but she's a very There are times when by the time I go and bath and come, she has posed waiting for me. So I said, she has what? Said, she has posed waiting for me. I said, then look at it. Say, eh? Hey. Said apostle, it's very nice. I said, really? Then I said, can you describe the pose? <laughs> said apostle, I beg you. <laughs> said apostle, I beg you. I cannot describe. Then I told them that uh, you know something I've seen over the years that when you see born again people getting married. Unbelievers feel sorry for the oh, like these crefe people, they don't even know what to do. These crefe people, I mean, I wouldn't even want to marry. My experience, ah, I will never like to marry an unbeliever. See, when you see their short dresses, their tight dresses, actually, my wife, mom, dear, I don't know what sin I went to commit that God gave me the one I have. Look, last week or last two weeks, a certain born again wife. Eh, when she describes to us what she does, we are still trying to imagine how it can be possible. <laughs> Up to today. Meanwhile, an unbeliever will see and say, Griffith hmm, girls, it's the opposite. Look at the bishop's daughter. Her husband is saying that she'll pose 
and be waiting for the time I see her, my mind, it cannot think well again. If they obey me and serve me, they shall spend their days in prosperity. The best way is God's way. Shepherds, the best way is God's way. Put your mind aside. He said, I was not disobedient. Don't be disobedient to the things. Oh. Pray for your sheep. Visit your sheep. Counsel them. Interact them. Go to them. Care for them. Shepherd them. Advise them. Be involved in their lives. Don't be disobedient. Come for training. Don't be disobedient. It's, uh, there's an all-time prayer. Don't be disobedient. Don't be disobedient. He said, because they did not serve me with uh, joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, he said, therefore, they shall serve their enemies in hunger and in thirst and in their want of all things. It's not neutral. You either obey and be blessed or disobey and be punished. It's not neutral. I want to advise you, obey and be blessed. Are you happy with the points I'm sharing with you? But of course, if you come to church and you are not doing anything there, man, it's not good at all. You don't even know where to start from. Hmm. He said, but first, after I was obedient, I showed myself unto them that were at Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God. You see, it comes up again. They should repent and turn to God. Who are you telling to turn to God? Who are you promoting God to that? God is a better alternative than what you're involved in. Who are you encouraging? That turn away from your sins. We are only going to get HIVD. Look at us now learning from Qatar. Oh, I'm proud of those guys, eh? He said, if you wear uh, rainbow, even on your hand, yellow card. You drink alcohol. That I don't know what they'll do to you. For the case that we've, look, they've, look, they have not even gone there at all. It's too far. There's this stubborn academy people. Then some that got to wear a rainbow watch. <laughs> Meanwhile, that person too is not gay. A lot of those who are promoting gay are not gay. Obama, how did you see his, his, his wife and children? <laughs> ah, you are a fool. If somebody is telling you, drive a city's best, drive a city's best, drive a city's best, then he there go to buy a Toyota. He should ask us that mm, if it's such a good car, why is he not doing it himself? Most of those promoting LGBTQRXYZ. Oh, have wives and children, even with side chicks. You see, you are following them. Mm. I beg, if you are gay, I'm not against you. It, look, to be a homosexual is just another sin like the lying, stealing, pride. It's all the same. Just repent and turn to God. Finish. Everybody here has them, their own sin. You to yours is to be gay. They are not different. 
The liar is a sinner. Ste- uh, I said the uh, stealer. Uh. The thief. The thief. The thief is a sinner. The uh, adulterer is a sinner. The idol worshiper is a sinner. Murderer is a sinner. Homosexual too is a sinner. The proud man too is a sinner. Why do you want to make yours different? Have you ever seen the lies calling for rights before? Oh. You are worrying us too much. Having therefore obtained the help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to the small and to the great. Number one, you, sorry, the next point, you will also receive help. When God comes to help you, eh, everything is sorted out. He said, I preach both to the small and to the great, saying none other things than those things which the prophet and Moses did say. Don't add to the word of God. That's what I'm saying that. Homosexuals are not special. I don't know why they want to be special. Madrid Association of Ghana. Have you ever heard of them before? Thieves Association of Ghana or Liars Movement. Liars Rights Movement. Ah, you people are told, I don't understand why you want yours to be different, like a different sin. The adultery too is a behavior. Homosexuality too is a behavior. Just say I'm a sinner. The lies know they are sinning. Know they are sinning. You too just say I'm sinning. Finish. If you say I can't stop, that's fine. But why do you want that to accept that sin is no more a sin when the Bible says it's a sin? Then the murderers too need right. Ah, oh, it's true. <laughs> maybe maybe murderers too need rights. <laughs> then for the caterers too need rights. But it would be a good movement to have. It's <laughs> adultery association of Ghana. Oh, maybe we should start a movement though. Hey, because the gay people have um, so so it's like if you are bold, you can have a movement somewhere. We can have fornicators and adulterers or adulterers and fornicated associates of Ghana. AFAG. <laughs> adulterers and, as- and fornicators association of Ghana. AFAG. Yes. We will get supporters. Oh. <laughs> Beautifully. They will go and campaign in parliament. Yes. That we are adults and it is consensual. We should add it to the laws of Canada that adultery for the case. Anybody who says it's a sin, eh, you are, eh, what's the word they use? It's hate speech. <laughs> you, you hate us. <laughs> Lawyer, then we are free. Mercy. Having therefore obtained help of God. Uh, don't delete this anything from this message. Oh. Okay. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto the witnessing both to small and great. Look, you are not called to witness only unto the great. You are also called to witness also unto the small. Recently, when we play golf and 
the guy who carried my bag, before we started, I asked him, are you born again? Are you a Christian? They said, oh, you asked me this many years ago. <laughs> I said, oh, really? He said, yes. You asked me this many years ago. Another guy that asked, he said, are you in Lighthouse? I said, why are you? I said, oh, those who ask these questions, they are in Lighthouse. We waited more to small and to great because there's nothing like a great person before God or a small person before God. When somebody goes to heaven, it is his entrance into heaven. That is important. Don't make yourself too high or too low. When you meet an ambassador, you witness to him. You meet an educated person, witness to him. Witness a fearful-looking soldier, you witness to him. Yeah, that's but when you see that, that's why if you witness to him, eh? <laughs> verse 24. And as he, ah, sorry. He witnessed in that verse 23 that Christ should suffer and that he should be made the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the Gentiles and to the people. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art mad. You should serve God so people say you are mad. You don't have saints. You know, like when I was sick and I wasn't supposed to come to church. Hey, there were people who every time they hear, I mean, they don't call me. Toss, why did you go to church? You shouldn't go to church. You are going again, doctors at the toss. You are very stubborn. Toss, you're stubbornness. Toss, you're too stubborn. You cannot obey doctor. One day I went to see my dentist. You, I can see you are a rebel. What you shouldn't do, you do. I said, I'm not a rebel. I also have my opinion about what I should do that is right for me. But when it comes to serving God, we take an uncompromising stance. When you don't get to the point where people say you are mad, you've not served God well. Because you're a nice sister. Born again. You are 34. Correct girl. But an unbeliever has come to marry you. His principle, by the way, his principle. He doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke. He says, baby. I mean, and when you see him, eh? Thick, tall, and his mustache is well trimmed. Not the one that like human beings live in it. Not at that type of mustache. The one is neatly trimmed. Handsome guy. He's come with his nice. Peugeot 5008. He doesn't play uh, No. He plays Maria Carey. Maria Carey. And Luther Vandross. <laughs> Barry White. I love you just the way you are. And then, as you are in the car and the bass of Barry White's voice. And the coldness of the air condition. Like this type of car that when you fall in the portal, you just say boom boom. You don't hear grah, 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 grah. no. You just boom boom. <laughs> Some cars, when they fall in the portal, you feel it. <laughs> like you are the car, but you just say boom boom. But some other guys just say boom boom. Some other guys just grah, grah, Like the car is a Lego that is about to disintegrate. Then you'll be quiet. Not 
this type of men who when you are with them, they, they want to steal. No, no, no. But you can say that when he began, when you begin to talk about pastors, they are all thieves. Ignore them. They are all liars, hypocrites. Now such a man says, look, I want to marry you. You are a shepherd, though. What will your decision be? People must say, your mother must say, thou art mad. Your father, thou art mad. Your brothers, thou art mad. Ah, or you are a brother. You know, your mouth is what? Dead. You are 37 years. You are afraid of girls. Now, a rich man's daughter has come to propose to you that, look, you, you don't have to mind me. I will marry you. Here's your car. Like they are marrying you. Not that you are marrying her. She's marrying you. Ah, look, your only duty is to come as you are. Appear at the wedding venue. Then you say, what fellowship has life with darkness? What I call that temple of God will be your mother, your father, they'll call a family meeting, they'll go and bring the family head from Winneba to come for the meeting. Thou art mad. You want to spoil the family. Look at this opportunity. Who, who does that? Until you get to the point where they say, Thou art mad. You've not yet started. When I finish the university, I'll finish national service. I wanted to travel abroad to go and do my masters. My brother, my younger brother was in London. My elder brother was in Geneva. My mother said, go to Geneva and continue your life like your brothers. I was planning to go. Then I heard the voice of God. Stay in Ghana. Huh? <laughs> Stay in Ghana. My brother was working at the United Nations with WHO. Stay in Ghana. So I said, I'll stay in Ghana. It wasn't even a struggle. Then I'll go to my mother. I need money to go to church for transportation. She'll give me. It's okay. They want to stay in Ghana. Find a job. I said, God said, no job. Work for him. Then one day my mother said, I cannot be going to work every morning and then come back and find out the lazy lifestyle of a disobedient person. Travel, you say you won't travel. Your father says go to America to do your master's. You say you won't go. Find a job in Ghana. Maybe you are afraid of planes. So stay in Ghana. You say you will stay, uh, sorry, stay in Ghana and find a job. You say you won't find a job. No more money for church. Thou art mad. But here we are. You see, the Bible says God is able to take care of his own. There is nobody who has obeyed God and has gone down. Someone who wish you obedience. He said, I was not disobedient. Then the, then the next thing is, preach about Christ and preach about sacrifice. Don't preach about money. Money is the worst topic to preach about. Those who preach about it, they don't have it. Paul said, 
I am not mad. You must learn to reject the opinions of the world. You are not mad. <laughs> the world shouldn't dictate to us what we should do for God. The world say, don't pay tithe. Say, I'll pay twice. You've even made me change my mind from 10% to 20%. If you say I'm mad, eh, I'll now show you that not only am I mad, I'm not even a lunatic. One day I was doing dawn broadcast on the university campus. Then I saw that people were not thinking I was mad enough. So I wasn't happy that I was not seen to be mad enough. So I began to do day broadcast. Instead of in the night when there's no light, I'd rather start at 6 o'clock in the morning when people were going for lecture. There's some, this annex A and B, people don't see you much. So I went to stand in the main hall. That's when I saw my own elders passing by pretending they don't know me. <laughs> because who preaches at 7 o'clock in the morning during lectures? Jesus loves you! Repent from your sins. The students are passing. God wants you to serve him. You will die your sins. I remember clearly one of the lady elders. She was wearing a long jean skirt and a blouse. I thought when she saw me, she sort of even stands to encourage me. She looked straight and just passed. I said, hey, it emboldened me. Oh, yes. Reject the opinions of the world. The world has nothing to offer. First John 2.15 Love not the world neither. And you know When you don't even chase the world eh, Then the things in the world The riches of the Gentiles God gives it to you Effortlessly Finally 28 Then Agrippa said unto Paul Hey Paul Thou almost persuaded me to be a Christian you see, some of you, eh, I'll show you how you know you are called. You were very successful in chasing girls. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I'm also not talking about those here. I'm talking about some other Christians I met when I went to Congo. You are... You know how to position yourself eh, for a man to love you. You know what to do. But now that you are saved, you could say, eh, Apostle, how can that be done? How, how can that be done? Ask all the men who have chased you in the past how you did it. Was it? Very successful at chasing you. Eh, I didn't know what I did to get the result. That it, now you don't know, isn't it? You can know your calling by how you've been in the past. Agrippa said, Paul, hey, you've almost made me be a Christian. You see, get to the point where you talk until people change. The same way, those on Facebook, the same way as you were able, please listen to my words clearly. The same way as you were able to talk your way. My children are here. Ah, okay. Uh, what made you successful in the past? Let it make you successful now. Next, 
still you promise and create a, like a teen people's church eh? because what I want to say the way I want to say it you let's just say it this way that whatever made you successful in the past use that same thing for God Paul's zeal to the extent of killing Christians is the same zeal he used to serve God when he converted Nothing changed about Paulo. Only his vision changed. You can see how Paul went to the... They tried to kill him three times. Only saying that through my tribulation we must enter. Paul never... The same never give up spirit. He used in killing, persecuting Christians. It's the same never give up spirit that he used to serve God. But you see Christians, when we come to God, then we cool off. Then suddenly we become very gentle. Suddenly, we don't know how to get up. You could go to four nine clubs in one night. Suddenly, you don't know how to do house to house evangelism. You could chase, you could have four different girlfriends at the same time. Now, you don't know how to have four sheep at the same time. Is that possible? Now, the work is very difficult. Oh, the traffic. Meanwhile, you could leave a bury. From one side, chick's house, the next one you are visiting is in South La. Oh, that one is just a, it's just a one trotter to a 37. Another one to La. If I get down at uh, where? A Papa? No, not a Papa. No, no. Sun City, I'll just cross the road. And then before I get there, I'll stop at the corner, just clean my shoe. And then she'll think I came with an Uber. But when it now comes to God, that you've now run out of ideas. May we not be so. May you not be so. You see, God, eh, he's watching. God, eh, he even watches your emotions. The emotions you attach to his work. He told the prophet, I'll kill your wife today, but don't mourn. Don't cry. Don't put on sackcloth. Don't put on ashes. Walk around normally. I'll use that to send a message. Then I saw that God, he only doesn't look at your service. He even watches your emotions and how you are emotionally attached to his work. When you were chasing, look, you could save money. Your last 20 cities. It's okay. When I meet her, eh, I'll go with the trotro, but I'll leave early so that I'll eh, walk part of the distance. Take trotro, then the last one, I'll walk. Then there'll be eh, 12 cities left. The 12 cities, it will be for two bottles of coke then I'll drink mine fast and order another one so she'll think I have a lot of money uh-huh. so you budgeted everything when it now comes to God it's like your mind now become blank God is watching the Bible says God cannot be mocked God cannot be mocked God cannot be mocked God is watching and look at Paul 2,000 years later we are talking about him. God, God has honored him for his service. And I believe that God will honor every one of us for the service that we've done for him. Hallelujah. Let's rise to our feet. Commit your life to God as we close. This service, say, Lord, help me to serve you with zeal and strength and holy fear. With zeal and strength May I not give up. 
in the name of Jesus. Dedicate. I want each and every one of us to dedicate our lives to God. And say, Lord, forgive me for not serving you as I should. You've given me so much. You have blessed me with so much. Forgive me. I have not done what is reasonable. What is expected. What is normal. I have not brought you your harvest as I should. Forgive me. Then ask God to help you and give you a place in his service in the name of Jesus. And with every head bowed and with every eye closed, maybe somebody invited you to church, but I want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to enter into his service. Pray for me. I do not want to be ungrateful. I want to be thankful to God with my life, with my energy, with my resources, with my love. If you are here like that, or you want to just rededicate your life to God, please lift up your right hand wherever you are, and I'll pray with you. I don't want that to end this service without giving you this opportunity. If you are here like that, please lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Father, we thank you for the free gift of life which you give us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Put your hands together as you take your seats.